1: Post your free job on slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And George is coming off of uh, unexpected bye week. Uh, not one that was planned uh, coming into the year. Obviously, uh, not sure what's going to happen uh, with with the game with Missouri if it's going to be played December nineteenth. If they're going to shuffle some stuff around to make that happen, uh, really interested to see how that goes. But there's still plenty to talk about. Uh, you know, Georgia is obviously uh, you know coming off a loss and and they're anxious to get back on the field. It's no guarantee that Mississippi State's going to happen this weekend, although it seems like it's headed in that direction um SEC makes a decision allowing some flexibility as far as getting these games scheduled and um, we're just we're mainly just going to focus on Georgia how this open week have affected them obviously JT Daniels getting number one reps with the uh quarterback uh you know last week prior to the Missouri game before it got called off and you know talk about what the bye week did for Georgia what it did for him and then Georgia's got a guy this week a uh, big time target making a decision smile munden five star linebacker Uh, out of uh, out of uh, Pauldon County is going to make his decision and that's a big one we're going to talk about that too but Rusty let's just jump right into this thing let's talk JT Daniels first what you know I I reported what I was hearing first team reps I I, I tend to believe that's going to still be the case today anything you were hearing about Daniels in terms of of preparation practice uh, maybe getting his shot to be the starting quarterback at Georgia
1: Well, I I certainly think, you know, I want to be real careful with saying he's going to start because I think he would have started last week. You know, now we're into another week, but I do think as of Monday that JT Daniel will start, but, you know, it's obviously another week and we'll see how things go. Regardless of that, I do think that we're going to see um, a sample size of JT Daniel this weekend if we do play this game. Uh, you always have to throw that if in now because things where the information how games last week everything got canceled on tuesday so kind of want to get through at least two days before you start doing this but uh I, you know i think georgia fans have wanted to see jt daniels i think you're going to see him this weekend i do think he starts but like you said we'll be interested to see what we see tonight and tomorrow what you know what your sources are telling you jake and Definitely saw an increase in his reps with the one last week. Stetson been an out, obviously, too, with a, a shoulder. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, listen, we're going to see JT Daniels this weekend. So Georgia fans can take that off their plate um, and barring something crazy. I do think he starts, but even if he does not start, that JT Daniels is going to get some some a good amount of reps this weekend, and, and we'll see where he is against Mississippi State. At home, interesting. So, you know, his first time will come in Sanford Stadium.
2: You know, I'm interested to, to to find out what happens today at practice because Monday is usually not a heavy prep day for the for the opponents. And Kirby Smart, right or wrong, seems to be, uh, you know, almost almost ultra regimented when it comes to preparing for an opponent. He doesn't like to spend too much time on it. And, and you know, you would think that, you know, with Air Raid and all the stuff that they've got going on Mississippi State, very different offense, I feel like, than, than Georgia's going to play all year long and some of the different things that they're going to do, that they would have just started, you know, on Wednesday of last week whenever the announcement was made for Missouri to get started. Kirby, Kirby doesn't do that. Uh, you know, he he has talked probably, if he's done it once, he's done it a couple dozen times about how you can start too early, spend too much time. Preparing on one opponent and and kind of run yourself in circles and wear your guys out, you know, talking this, talking that, rep things to death, and um, you know, I, normally Mondays aren't a heavy prep day for the opponent. It's not a heavy scout team day, and and they will, you know, they'll spend that day correcting what happened in the previous game. But there's no game from this week, so I'm interested to see if they jump right in and and get right after today. I don't. I think they'll probably keep it, you know, light today, uh, especially with the guys coming off the weekend, probably had Saturday and Sunday off. And uh, and then, you know, obviously the Tuesday and Wednesday practices are their heavy prep uh, uh, physical days. But I'm with you on that, Yeah, I, I tend to think that JT Daniels is going to get the start, healthy Stetson Bennett or not. Um, I just think it's that time in the year where, you know, whether JT all year long has done enough in practice to earn the job or not – it's one of those things where you kind of you kind of prep him, get him ready to play, and and see what he's got. Because, you know, there's – and this is something I want to get into before we uh, break and talk recruiting in the second half of the show. But these are still four very important games for Georgia 5 if, if you include a bowl game. And, you know, who knows? Something crazy can happen. Georgia can get back in the SEC championship game. They need a lot of help there. But uh, I tend to think that JT Daniels is going to get his shot. I tend to think he's going to start. But – but uh, I, I would I would put good money on on him getting a chance to kind of make his Georgia debut in game action uh, this week. Kip, what do you what you got to say on that?
1: Kip, Jake, can I bust in on you at the time we are recording this? Would like each one of you just a quick minute thought? Uh, it's a setup. It's not a setup. This is this is probably the most serious I will be, and you know you guys know I thought uh, as I'm reading right now the charges against DeAndre Baker have been dropped. Um, what do you think there, Jake? Back to the NFL, gets a chance of somebody. Um, that that is huge news for a young man that was facing that a lot of jail time. First round draft pick. What do you guys think on that?
2: Uh yeah, I tend to think somebody's gonna take a flyer on him. I mean he's a good player. Uh you are seeing tell you what, you you've you've seen some cornerbacks rated a lot more highly than DeAndre Baker, struggle a lot more in Georgia and Alabama and all sorts of other uniforms than DeAndre Baker ever did in college. So You know, I think there's somebody's gonna see a good football player and and go after him.
0: I mean, the the overall breaking of the news uh, today is is just kind of a you know real eye opener. But just what happened to the lawyer uh, of the accusers? I mean, an extortion attempt. I mean, the the story just has so many layers to it that it's hard to kind of really wrap my my mind around it. But I mean, again, if not knowing it all would happen, but just seeing the optics of it. You know, I think at this point, this is as close to, uh, you know, being exonerated as you can kind of get right now, just where things are right now. So everything we know right now, knowing that, you know, more things can kind of come out from this. And yeah, I think 100% uh, DeAndre Baker gets another chance to play in the NFL, just knowing what we know right now mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, everything's kind of getting dropped right now. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going off. I'm going off. Art Stapleton, um, New York Giants beat writer. Breaking: Prosecutors in Florida have dropped all charges. I'll say this w- w- right there. Kept what you're saying as well. Anybody that takes a chance on him, they're going to put in their contract. Don't put yourself playing. Don't don't be playing poker games and hanging out in Dade County as much. You know what I mean? So there's going to be some stipulations. But I do think DeAndre Baker is about to get another chance in the NFL.
0: Definitely, I think uh, you know it's. Decision-making 101, he he will be asked to at least get through that aspect and, and be able to, you know, at least tell teams, you yeah, know, regardless of, of what's happened, you know, I, I was not making my best decisions, just who I'm putting myself around, you know, things I'm doing and moving forward, you know, I'm going to be focused on being the best football player in person I can be. I think he tells teams that, interviews well, again, as you said, there'll be clauses in contracts, I'm sure, as far as conduct, but you know, that's fairly normal. And I mean, yeah, he was the best cornerback in college football coming out and took some lumps as a rookie, but still a very talented player who I think, yeah, is going to be given another opportunity to to showcase his talent. So it, I mean, this year has been crazy for everyone. I think DeAndre Baker included. So yeah, I definitely think he's gonna he's gonna get another opportunity to play again, and you know, good to see that he's he's gonna have that based on what we know right now, what we're reading in, in the news today. It sounds like he deserves another opportunity.
1: Yep, just wanted to – sorry to break in for that, but I knew that's something we probably all want to discuss at some point. And young man that we've all covered from high school through Georgia into the league, tough situation. What you were reading at the time, but kind of goes to show you gotta let the cards play out, you gotta let the things play out in court, see how it ends up. So. Sorry to hijack you there, Jake, but want to jump in on that target, on that topic as it was breaking.
2: Not a problem. And short leash for him for sure. I mean, you you've, you've kind of this this is a little bit of a mulligan for him. No matter what happened, uh, you know, you get the get the impression that something seedy happened one way or the other. And uh may, you know, fortunately for him, it doesn't look like it's kind of a career um ender, but it can be a career hinderer. And uh and, and that's something that he's gonna have to really put behind him and he's not gonna get a whole lot of chances else. everywhere else. I mean, uh, you know, Pac-Man Jones, I guess, got a ton of them, uh, but but you know, that's that's kind of rare these days because there are just so many really talented guys waiting to kind of fill that spot for you. And uh he he'll have to kind of he'll have to be at his best, you know, from here on out. And 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 I tend to think he's gonna get a flyer. Uh, or he's going to get his flyer picked up by some team. Uh, Kip, let me let, let me let, let's talk about that J.T. Daniels thing. Let's get back to that. What what are your thoughts on him coming into this week?
0: I'm interested in just seeing what Kirby says all week. Uh, I I think that he obviously he's going to get asked that early and often in in each of his uh, availabilities. And I'm just curious to see what he says, not just about J.T. Daniels, the position general and. I mean, he's going to get asked also about and Bennett and his status. And if, if he's able to, you know, practice again, I think that that just kind of throws another uh, interesting angle in this, is that last week it, it seemed like JT had about as clear path to the starting as you could possibly get. And 2020 happened, and, and George's game, you know, against Missouri got postponed. So now you kind of have that. Just that window, that potential for there to be—I don't want to say competition, but just you know, another person who could potentially start this weekend. So uh, I'm interested in hearing what what Kirby says, if anything. I mean, I don't think he's going to name a name, you know, name a starter or anything of that aspect. But I want to see if he kind of if he gives any any hints as, as to how things are progressing. I don't think you'll know too much today. Just based on, like you said, how how Georgia typically handles practice and everything, but I think after tomorrow you should have a fairly decent idea of, of of where things stand. And as we said before, you know, after the the Florida game, it was kind of it's time to start looking ahead. And we kind of know what you have at, at quarterback with Stetson Bennett. Uh, you. You don't necessarily know what you have in Dewan Mathis down the road. You just kind of know where he is right now in his development. So, you know, let that evaluation process take hold and start trying to figure out, you know, what the quarterbacks on your roster can give you, just looking ahead to finish strong this year and looking ahead toward next year. I mean, obviously, you want to win the next four games, get some momentum going into a bowl game, get some momentum for next year. But you uh, you, you want to give some other guys an opportunity to showcase what they can do. And so I think, as you guys have said, as long as JT Daniels is uh, still – the knee's still fine and everything checks out, then he should be getting his first playing time, make his debut uh, for Georgia this weekend. And with that, I mean, that gives you an out – you know, an incredibly interesting angle to just kind of watch and see how he looks – Now in Georgia's offense, and maybe how he could look once he gets back to 100%. Because I don't think if he was 100% completely ready to play in Georgia's offense, he would have seen the field before. Now I think he's at a stage where the coaching staff feels comfortable, more comfortable putting him out there. So, I mean, it's a great audition opportunity for him, and it's also just a great story returning from. You know, a really, really bad injury to to be able to play college football again. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a story that's that's getting lost a little bit. But anytime you could see a guy make it back and recover, uh, it's a positive story for college football. And I think that will be one of the storylines we'll watch this weekend.
2: All right, I'm, I want to reel off some names here real quick, and these are kind of just off the cuff. You got Warren McClendon. You got. Kenny McIntosh, and, and Kendall Milton, even though he's hurt right now, uh, Jermaine Burton, uh, Arian Smith, possibly Darnell Washington, um, JT Daniels, Dewan Mathis. Uh, you can move to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Zion Logue, uh, Nazir Stackhouse, Jalen Carter, um, N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, You know Chris Smith, uh, lots of Lewis Seen, lots of names here. What do all those guys have in common? They're all guys that you know for a fact. Nolan Smith fits into this group as well. Adam Anderson. These are all guys you know for a fact George is going to be leaning on next year. I I mean, I, I guess maybe some of those guys could move on, transfer, do whatever they want. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I'm not trying to open a can of worms as far as that goes. But all of those names are guys that you feel like George is going to rely upon in 2021. So if you're one of those fans out there that is like a, a handful, maybe a dozen on the dogs twenty four seven junkyard. That since George is not in control of its own destiny, it doesn't look like they're headed towards. It doesn't look like they're headed towards Atlanta. Ah, oh, well, just cancel the season. Who cares, man? Come on now. I mean, Rusty, this. I mean, these next few games for those guys. I mean, I watched Zion Lowe go out there and play the first meaningful action of his career against Florida and look good. Nazir Stackhouse, same thing. Um, you know Warren McClendon getting better with every game. You know Kenny McIntosh, big part of Georgia's future at running back. Kendall Milton, another guy. Darnell Washington, those young receivers. You know, too bad Marcus Roseme Jack Saint is not going to be a part of that for the rest of the year. But but Arian Smith getting him some action. J T Daniels fits into that category as well, and that's why I wanted to transition to this. I mean, Rusty. Uh, Talk some folks off the ledge here a little bit as far as wanting, you know, they're they're seeing COVID strike and they're seeing this this thing. Well, why don't we just go ahead and scrap the rest of the season? It's not what we wanted anyway. No. Tell them why that's not really a good thing.
1: Because every one of those people that said that would be watching the game this weekend. um, Every one of those people would be watching a bowl game of Georgia versus Wisconsin in the Citrus Bowl. Um, it's new territory for this team. I said this. We'll find out a lot about Georgia. This is a unique situation with COVID. It's a different year with all this. You also have Georgia that is, is – um, you also have Georgia who's probably eliminated. Um, and, look, let's, let's – let's don't it. We don't know if games you're going to make from week to week. So, um, listen, it's football. You get a chance to see everybody play, these younger kids play. The older kids are going to play, but yeah, that's a great point, Jake, with Zion Logue is a guy. Uh, I'm telling you, at some point we're gonna see Arian Smith. You know, that's a guy that Georgia fans should be aware of. You know, everybody wants to talk about these elite wide receivers that can separate. I mean, this is a guy that's a 10, 300 I mean, Georgia beat Clemson, Alabama, and Florida for him. Okay, so let's let's just be honest. This is a player that they need to hit on. And he's a guy, he, he's a guy kind of they're missing right now with somebody that can knock the top off of coverage, stretch the field. You know, I think we should have a better appreciation, Jake, of how quick things can change and how we can't have any games. I understand someone being upset about getting beat by Florida and Alabama, especially the way the Florida game ended. Uh, but to have the appreciation to now that we're getting to play games. You just don't take things like that for granted anymore. And to say Georgia has, what, three, maybe four, maybe five games left, if you're a Georgia fan, you're a college football fan, you better soak in every single minute of it because it can be gone in a heartbeat.
2: Absolutely. Inject all the fo- college football, all the football in general, straight into my veins for the rest of the year. Every Saturday, every Sunday. Listen, I had a Saturday without it. And if there's anybody that, that would enjoy it, A ton. It's me because, I mean, you know, Saturday after Saturday, you know, it's it kind of wears on you after a while having to work. Is you know, three hours before the game, three hours after the game, three and a half hours during the game, ten hour Saturdays, all that stuff. I mean, it, it it gets a little old after a time. But at the same time, like, you know, I flipped on the TV and was able to fall asleep watching Arkansas and and Florida the other night. I enjoyed every second of it, watched football yesterday, watched the Masters too. I mean, this is – give me all the sports, man, because I missed them. I missed them bad for months. And I think we all need to have an appreciation for that. And I think we all need to have a practical understanding of what – it means for Georgia football. I mean, listen, Georgia's got some veteran players, okay? And they've got some veteran players that aren't going to be around next year. they got a lot of really good young players. Just sign the number one class in the country. Sign the number two class in the country year before that. So a lot of these guys are still developing and getting better. If you want to see Georgia football meet its potential down the line, the best bet is to get more football games in this year and, and let some guys get some opportunities to earn some reps and, and grow up because – if Jordan Davis moves on, if Devontae Wyatt moves on, Malik Herring moves on, you're going to want Zion Logan, Bill Norton, and Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson. Uh, you're going to Jalen Carter. You're going to want those guys to step up. And same goes for the offensive line and and running back and receiver and all those things. You want Georgia's offense to be better next year. You want that high-powered, explosive, entertaining attack. Well, you're gonna to want to get Arian Smith involved at some point, and and see if, if if Jermaine Burton can grow. Maybe Justin Robinson can do some stuff. Darnell Washington, you know that type of stuff. I mean, you, that that's just how it's gonna go. Kip, let's let's hear your let's hear your talk off the ledge speech, man. What? Why is the rest of this year so important?
0: Because you know we've seen other programs have off years, and it's not this isn't uh, some turning point. That it was made out to be. Now, granted, yes, it, you know the the loss to Florida stings. Obviously, it for it looks like you know Florida will be the team that represents the East in the SCC championship this year. But you know, coming into the year, there was a very narrow window between Georgia getting back to the playoff and Georgia kind of having that third straight season in a row where that you know they they go to the SEC championship game. close loss, and and then go to the ball game after. It was a very, very tight window between, you know, what that outcome that they've had in other years and kind of where they're at right now. I don't see a big drop-off in those two scenarios. Other than that, it's allowed Kirby Smart to now look and realize that the formula as it stands, it can work, but it's very, very... Uh, It's a a lower percentage play than what other programs are having success with right now. We've said that before. You know, having an elite defense right now in the college game so far, we haven't seen a situation where that's carried a team to a championship versus having, you know, a highly productive, highly explosive offense. And at the same time, even having an elite defense, it it still leaves you up to – you know, you you could still not necessarily get ex- exposed, but they'll still have explosive plays on you whenever you play your best. I mean, we've seen that now with Georgia playing three elite offenses in the last couple of years that even when you have an elite defense, it's still a lower percentage play. So, you know, I think it's it's given Kirby Smart enough data points for him to say, okay – even if I'm still going to lean on a defense, I might need to have a different plan. I might need to, I'm not going to say simplify things a little bit, but but maybe not put as much on their plate as I, I have been before. And at the same time, I mean, now, now you know offensively what you, you know, what kind of products you have to put in the field. So I, I think that You know, right now with four games left and a bowl game, it's a great opportunity uh, for tinkering and and for just working on trying to figure out the little things and ways that you you can attack offensively in a different way, but also, you know, defensively work, work on the schematic things there. And I think Kirby kind of opened up a little bit recently talking about that, just saying that, you know, it's on us to to put them in the best situation to make plays, and there are some schematic things that maybe we can do differently. So we've we've talked about the offensive a lot a lot, but I think defensively there's a there's a great opportunity moving forward, uh, just for the coaching staff to kind of go back and, and work on, you know, how to play elite offenses better, and, and how to potentially give yourself a chance to. To allow less explosive plays in that aspect, so I, I think that roster-wise, everyone's going to focus on that. Obviously, the quarterback position is going to continue to be the focus. But you're right, Georgia does have a young roster, a highly talented roster, and I think that, I mean, y- again, y- you look at last year with Alabama with how the season went for them and all the talent they had on the roster. It wasn't a sky is falling, you know, aspect for them either. And now, you know, they're right back where they want to be. Georgia has has the roster. They have the potential to have a similar season in 2021. And I, I think now is a great opportunity for them to start preparing for that. All right, let's take a quick break. And, and let's stay on that subject for a little bit longer after the
2: break before we get into recruiting. But before we do that, let's pay some bills real quick.
1: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All
2: right. Now, reason I wanted to stay on that topic is because of this. And I and I want us to all three have a chance to hit on it. So, all right, we've everything has kind of unfurled itself over the past few years where we're learning that okay, you still need to be good on defense. Okay. If you can't stop somebody, if you can't hold serve, if you can't get red zone stops force some field goals and, and get teams off fit on third down, you're not going to have a ton of success as a team. I mean, these games are 40-something to 40-something, 50-something to 40-something. They're not 70 to 70, you know, 75, 73 games like that, okay? Like, you've got to be able to play some defense, and it's tougher to play defense now than it ever has been uh, with the Office of Innovation and and with the uh, rules and and stuff like that in place. But when I look at this Georgia team, and I kind of – you know, uh, I put what, what I just said about the offensive side of things and I put it alongside side uh, what everybody is saying about, you know, well, the rest of the season's meaningless goals are off the table, all that stuff. That's, I, get, I guess that's where I kind of have the hardest time understanding it is because, you know, you've seen the flashes from the offensive skill guys, you know, like, like your Jermaine Burtons and, and even your George Pickens is, and, and, you know, you got Dominic Blaylock going to be coming back next year. Marcus Rosemey-Jackson will be back at some point. Everybody knows Arian Smith's a big-time talent. Kenny McIntosh, who's been banged up. Um, you know, I, I know some people are going to come with the qualifier on the rest of the season. Well, if it's going to be Stetson Bennett or if it's going to be dwan Mathis, two guys that you've seen some of already, they don't care to watch it anymore. I get that. I, I think you're going to see JT Daniels, okay? I, I would lean towards you're going to see JT Daniels. And you're going to see what he has to go. And and I also want to say that if you do, don't expect top-shelf JT Daniels. I'm not saying you're not going to get it, but – this is a guy I'm going to be playing for the first time in 14, 15 months. You know, he may be a little rusty, may take some time to work into it. That's why all of this is very important. But if Georgia wants to have the offense to keep up with the big boys next year, Rusty, these next four games are very important. And not just important from the quarterback spot, because if JT Daniels goes in there and he struggles some, then you go back to Stetson Bennett and, and you're trying to give yourself the best chance to win for the seniors that have done a lot for your program and for your culture. But just the development of this entire team. And I think I think we're safe in saying that Georgia's going to be pretty good defensively under Kirby Smart. All right, they're, good. they're always going to be pretty good. They were pretty good in 2018, not great. They were really good last year. They're, they've taken a step back this year, especially against elite offenses. I think we can kind of push defense over to the side and kind of realize that's your reliable thing. So, where where you're going from here is being more explosive and more potent on offense. I think Todd Munkin has kind of shown what he can do. So, if you're looking at anybody for the rest of this football season in terms of their development and, and where, where it's key for Georgia going into next year, who are you looking at, Rusty?
1: I want to see the wide receivers. I want to see uh, – you know, unfortunately, Jake, when you talk about next year, it's these injuries with the, you know, the Keely Ringos and uh, does Jalen Kimber get in the mix some? Um, um does tate ratledge play more will you see broderick jones some uh, you know at times so you know going off what you said there there's a lot of a lot of younger guys that you know are, are going to get a chance but you know kind of knowing kirby smart the way i do i mean this guy's will this guy wants to win man i mean first and foremost uh, nothing's going to be taken for granted none of these games coming up are gonna be taken for granted So they're not just throwing out JT Daniels just to throw JT Daniels out. They're throwing him out there to get him involved, to win, see what they got Uh, because there'll there'll be some big decisions coming up. I talk about it a lot, Jake, on our, on these little chats I do. And then um, on on the message board on the junkyard here with, with this transfer rule it's going to absolutely change college football. Now let me be clear on this. You've got to have a number to take one of these guys. So, it's not like Georgia can have five transfers leave and they can take five. It's not how that works because they've got to have a number. Until the NCAA does something about these initials, they're going to have to at some point. It's not going to be five for five. We're not going to lose five and get five. So you know, how, how all this roster management, how all this goes, I mean, there's a lot of questions that's going to be answered in time. But I will say that right now I'm very interested in these younger guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, especially these young linemen. Let's see if Van Pranny, those guys get some reps because, you know, I think Georgia as a whole has done a pretty good job offensively on the offensive line this year. But I do think that is a position they're going to take a um, step forward next year with some, some guys. I think, you know, Marius Mims obviously, obviously going to have a chance to play pretty quick. I think Tate Rattledge is a guy. So going to get in there and play some as well. I, uh, and I think that Broderick Jones will have a good chance of playing as well. So, some more athletic guys. War McClendon has played really good. So somebody's going to take War McClendon's job. Is going to have to be, um, you know, to my somebody's going to, have to step in there and take some minutes from that young man because he has played above my expectations. I'm not sure about you guys, but War McClendon has been pretty good at right tackle. So, uh, you know, some young guys, specifically on that offensive side. Um, really, the injuries are what kills you at wide receiver, but. I want to see Aaron Smith, Tate Ratledge, some of those guys. Van Pran, uh, maybe a little bit more Warren Erickson. And we'll see if uh, you know, Dejon Edwards gets some more touches.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Kip, uh, anybody you're you've kind of got your eye on for the rest of this year, these last four games that that you think is kind of his development is is crucial for Georgia next year.
0: Well, I, I kind of look on, you know, just uh the, the defensive line. I want to see some, some of these young guys because you do have a lot of, you know, older players that will be likely moving on after the season, whether it's, you know, Devontae Wyatt, Julian Rochester, Jordan Davis. So you, you want to know what you, what you have in, in some of these younger guys. So you're Warren Brinson's, you know, what Zion Long, Timon Mitchell, uh, you know, Nazir Stockhouse. I mean, those are guys that you, you want to get out there and kind of see what they give you and, and increase snaps maybe, maybe over the next four games. So you can kind of evaluate that position, but like Rusty says, with, you know, with, with with how the transfers are going to go in the next three months, it's not just evaluation. You, you want to make sure you get these guys some snaps so they don't have one foot out the window, you know, one, I mean, one foot out the door, I should say, just to, you want to make sure that your current roster at least the guys that you you, you like so far you know that they that they stay so and maybe that's another uh positive spin you could play on this is that maybe some younger guys are going to get more snaps earlier than than they would have uh, you know if Georgia was still potentially trying to push for for getting back to SEC championship you know, that could help Georgia maintain its roster uh, looking toward next year. So uh, also uh, Jalen Kimber, he's a guy that has been behind some some upperclassmen at cornerback, uh, a pr- was a pretty deep group going into the season. I know that DJ Daniel got hurt a little bit there. That kind of affected it. But you know, Jalen Kimber is a guy that we, we thought a lot of coming out of high school, coming in with uh, Keely Ringo, uh, outstanding you know DB group for Georgia. What does he bring to the table? Maybe we get to see him in the next, you know, next couple of weeks and kind of see what he can bring to the table. Because you like his size, you know, good athlete, looked great during uh, the, you know, the last couple of weeks. There we were able to evaluate him, and then he's a the guy I'd like to see on the field. Just get a couple snaps, see what he can bring to the table. And, obviously, recruiting is a big part of everything right now. george has got a big
2: uh, target announcing this week. Uh, Rusty, let's get the latest on uh, on Smile Monday, and you've been on this kid for a long time.
1: Yeah, uh, talked with him the other day. I went down for the network uh, Thursday to get one last interview with him. Uh, let me be real clear. You know, I always tell you guys if we have silence, I'll come back in do a behind-the-scenes type deal. We're sitting here Monday morning at 1140, and Smile Monday and has never told me to my to my – Recollection. He's ever had a leader behind the scenes. He hasn't told me who he is committing to. He hasn't told me who he is a silent commit to. I do think it's Georgia, but I want to be clear. This is not one of these I go into doing ahead of time. This will be Wednesday morning. Uh, I think it's going to be around 8 40 uh, a.m. He's doing it on Fox 5 in Atlanta. Good day, Atlanta. They're going to be at his school. I will be there. It's going to be freezing that morning, but he wants to do it in front of his school where they can social distance outside and certainly understand that for him. So I think Auburn would be the team that I would probably think is the biggest threat for him not to be at Georgia. Keith seems to think he's going to go to Georgia talking to him, but again, this is not one of those I'm going to come back in on after and say, hey, told you this is where it's going. This is not a silent commit. This is He has kept things very, very close to the vest i think at one point back in the spring i think tennessee was probably in a pretty good shape with him then i think auburn was in pretty good shape but you know my thought here is just the consistency uh listening to him with talk about glenn schumann and those guys and how he would fit uh at georgia so um we'll see we'll see on on wednesday morning but listen there's a lot of different opinions on smile monday because he played at a school that doesn't necessarily put out you know A lot of athletes, Baldwin County, goodness, I I can't tell you the last, Kip maybe knows, but I couldn't tell you the last time they put out certainly somebody not on this level. So, you know, they got an NFL player. Now, I will say that they got a wide receiver, went to Liberty, got drafted last year. So they should have had one, but, uh, you know, in the ranking systems, what we and how we do um, haven't had one on this level. Obviously, probably first, second, or third player in the state, no matter who you talk to. He's just a big athletic kid that can run, and you look at games like Florida, and you see those wide receivers running those wheel routes and getting people out in space. That's that's what you want in a small Munden. You want small Munden with that back in space because small Munden can run. He's got verified track times. He's two hundred and what 17, 18 pounds. He's six foot three, legit. Uh, you know. How physical is he? That's the question. How physical is Smile Mind? That's some of the question. But I will say this. He plays both sides of the ball. He plays a lot of special teams. He tried to play through a couple of games. He did play through a couple of games with MCL. And, you know, the and County coaches, his parents, all agreed, that, hey, you need, you, you need to stop and have surgery. You got more going on for you than playing this senior season here. So that tells you, you know, the pretty damn tough off the field too. So wherever he goes – uh, he's going to be a guy that's counted on to to use that length and his speed uh, to play on the next level.
2: Kip, what what would this mean for Georgia's recruiting class? And and you know we we've talked about it way back when, whenever some guys were choosing to go other places, that margin for error. Uh, if if George is able to land Smile Monday, what's it mean for the Bulldogs?
0: Obviously, there's always a lot more emphasis put on in-state guys, and uh, you know. If you're looking at the 24-7 sports composite, he's the number three prospect in Georgia. If you look at 24-7 sports, we have him number one in the state of Georgia, which is super high when you have a five-star offensive tackle to Marius Mims you know, in the state as well. But uh, I, I think you know, it gives Georgia a big win at a position we said they needed to load up on it as far as guys that could play inside backer. You got a lot of guys that are you know upperclassmen there. You, you, you didn't sign a guy at the position last year. So you need multiple guys there. And I think, you know, he gives them a, a versatile player. He could play inside or, or has the link to play outside if needed, but uh, the athleticism, you know, the overall addition to the class, it, it gives them a, a, a strong chance to, to finish in that top three, top three class. And that's, that's been the goal from the beginning. So if Georgia can them, be a huge get uh, the potential is there for a highly productive athletic inside linebacker. And I think, That's a position that they've really wanted to increase the athleticism at in the last couple of classes, and he gives them a big boost in that regard if they're able to land them on Wednesday.
2: There you have it, folks. Smile Munden's uh, commitment has been previewed. We'll see how he shakes out. Wednesday morning on the 18th, uh, tune in. We'll have it covered uh, for you from Dollars 24-7. George is going to do media day a little later today for Mississippi State. Um, I'm sure that, that the Bulldogs and, and I know we are as well, hoping that that's gonna that's gonna take place as it's supposed to, and it will be seven thirty on ESPN, uh, I'm sorry, on the SEC network, uh, on on Saturday night and and uh, rooting for football to to finish up this season and and, and you know, just kind of see how it goes. Get a playoff in there, um, see how all that shakes out. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs Twenty Four Seven. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place, and you all take it easy.